you just have to kind of decide to be yourself. I don't think it comes from anyone else, but you just have to work on it yourself. Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. Ashley. Welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? I'm doing fabulous. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, I said to you like a minute ago that I'm battling with a sore throat, but we move. It's the time of year. Like everybody's got something going on at the minute. So I'm not surprised. (laughs) I am so excited for this conversation because I feel like there are so many topics to cover with like your Mm. journey as like what you do and also motherhood and like being a disabled parent and a disabled child. I'm so excited to delve into all of this and like hear about all of your experiences. Yeah, it's cool. And we we share, I feel like you and I share a lot of similar experiences too that we haven't like talked about yet. Yeah. So I am super excited to learn a little bit about your experience too. Oh, this will be so good. <laughs> so the first question that I ask absolutely every single guest is, how do you refer to your disability? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I would say limb difference. Mm-hmm. I call it my lucky fan or my little arm. Um. I, those are just the words that I'm like most comfortable with mm-hmm. and yeah I just refer to for refer to it as my little arm basically yeah and actually so interesting because obviously Lucky Finn is like a really big I would say it's a more mm. American thing than an English thing and I was wondering if you could just like delve into that like a little bit because I know of it I understand it kind of but I don't really get it <laughs> <laughs> so um Lucky Finn is an organization basically kind of based off of um, Finding Nemo. Mm -hmm. So in the movie Finding Nemo, uh, he has a lucky fin, which is what they call his like little fin. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no like real backstory. He was obviously, well, he was born that way, which a lot of people um, kind of are, you know. And so I think Molly Stapleman, she kind of started it because her her daughter was born with a limb difference. Mm -hmm. And they just, yeah, she just kind of like, came up with that concept she's like oh lucky finn that's a great way to describe it and a lot of kids have really um well a lot of kids have seen finding nemo and so they can kind of relate their limb difference to a really popular character in a disney film um and so yeah basically we we just kind of have like meetups and and outreach and things of the sort um and it basically is just to raise awareness for limb difference so I actually found out about them, gosh, I don't remember when, but I saw Rebecca Marine um, and I saw like her modeling photos and stuff. And it's so funny because on my Facebook, I'll like see in my memories, it was like, I made this crazy post and I was like, I'm going to be her one day. <laughs> um, and and so like now she's like one of my good friends, which is great. But um, yeah, I just reached out and was like, oh, I would love to go to a meetup weekend it was a bit scary because I had never met any person with a limb difference before um and I like really contemplated going for a very long time and like finally booked a ticket to go probably a week before the event when everything was sold out uh, but I just reached out to Molly and she's like yeah of course we have a space for you um and yeah that's that's kind of how I discovered and got myself into the community and now I am a ambassador for a lucky fan project so 
Oh, I yeah. love that actually because it <laughs> like it makes sense when you're able to relate a disability to like a popular character. I think, and I think you know that's mm. a big, big part of representation. It's also like a massive part of what you do as well. And it's so yeah. nice to be able to have that almost like a reference point because you're right. Like children talking about disability can sometimes be like it can be awkward and clumsy, and and it can almost mm. be like a little bit too clever sometimes to children because you've actually got to think about it and sometimes children just don't have that brain capacity which is absolutely fine but if you're able to (laughs) reference it to like a particular character then it can really help um like solidify that understanding of disability which I think is really quite wonderful absolutely yeah it just makes it easy for them you know and like they love kids already love using their imagination they love playing and um just that when I when I go to like Lucky Thin weekend and everyone is fighting over who's going to be Nemo, <laughs> I find that I find that so heartwarming, you know, because as a kid, like I was so isolated as a person with a disability. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it's just cool to see everyone finding their way to be Nemo. <laughs> That's actually like a perfect segue into childhood for you, because obviously mm. born disabled but you also have a twin sister, which I think is wild, who is like, doesn't have a limb difference. And and what was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was interesting because um, Autumn being my twin, she's like my best friend, built-in best friend, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, and it was a, it was like a definitely a mix of feelings because she was always like trying to protect me especially when we were little like she used to stand on my right side and like you know I guess I guess try and get people to stop staring at me she was very like Mm -hmm. protective over me but in I think like middle school and stuff she started like dating and she was kind of like the popular kid in school Um, and I think that's kind of where I was like feeling a bit more left behind because everything at that point just started to become obvious in my brain that I was different than most people you know like she was the gorgeous blonde with uh with long hair you know who everyone loved and and wanted to date and stuff and I was like the awkward lanky (laughs) one-armed sister (laughs) um so it it kind of you know like it's a mix of feelings because she did always want to protect me which was amazing but you know, there's there's also feelings of jealousy and there's feelings mm-hmm. of, um, yeah, just being awkward, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Um, and so I think, too, like the way that my parents raised us was for me to do everything that my twin sister could do. Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of ways that actually helped and was really great that they did that because I always would be expected to do exactly the same as everyone else and it and it, in turn it made me push myself harder to do the things that I wanted to do like we both grew up horseback riding mm-hmm. um and com- competing and stuff and so uh she was doing like the English riding which is like two hands um and I was doing western which is the one hand but in the end I was like I want to I want to do English I want to jump and so um we ended up just trying it and I feel like it was good to have that uh, open door, Mm -hmm. you know, to be pushed, to be pushed through. So yeah. Do you have any siblings at all? No, it's just me. So like my whole life has always just been disability, which 
I think, mm. I, and I always, I say this quite a lot, is that I don't know any different. So I've got like no comparisons. I've got nothing to put, like to bench myself against in terms of like what it was like when I was growing up because it was just me and I was a disabled yeah. kid. But then like I went to boarding school. And so that whole idea that it's just you then changes. I was about 13 and it was okay. me in a boarding house of 60 other girls. I was oh my gosh. maybe, <laughs> I think realistically I was the only physically disabled kid in my school for at least mm. four years and so that was a really interesting experience because I think it was very much a case of you I had to accept who I was because if I didn't then how was everybody else going to because they didn't they didn't know how to, yeah. to, to work around disability which is the same for like the vast majority of every scholastic system that exists and yeah. so that experience was quite different because I think much like you like I noticed that I was different but I realized very very quickly that it was either going to be like I'm just gonna have to be like proud of who I am because how else Mm. is everybody else gonna understand this because clearly like adults don't know how to act around me sometimes so how are kids gonna know how to (laughs) act around me (laughs) like yeah oh my gosh exactly well I feel like I actually had that like exact moment um where because I was so shy I was like bullied in middle school and stuff and I think it was like I don't know I was I was uh, on the dance team in middle school and then as soon as I got into high school uh I made the dance team for high school and then they had us like go to band camp (laughs) and like that that (laughs) that one time at band camp really changed my life I think because I walked in late and there was like 200 students and I'm like a freshman so this is like the scariest day of my life and when this guy like I don't know when you're late they like make a big deal Mm. about it uh and I walked in and he introduced me to all these 200 kids in the school I've never been to and yeah over the loudspeaker and I feel like that was like a weird pivotal moment in my life where I just decided okay this is scary and new but if I don't love myself and I don't accept myself for who I am, it's going to be very hard to, um, yeah, make, make friends. And now I'm kind of forced to make friends because everyone's staring at me, (laughs) uh, in this, in this moment. And like, that's, that's literally the thought process. What you just said, that is what happened in this one day, in this one moment. Mm -hmm. And it definitely changed my life forever because, before that moment, it was like I was always hiding. I was always putting my like long sleeves on in Florida. I'm from Florida, so like it's burning hot every day. <laughs> and then here's here's me rocking up in a hoodie and shorts. <laughs> um, you know, so I feel like yeah, that that's the thing. You just have to kind of decide mm-hmm. to be to be yourself. I don't think it comes from anyone else, but you just have to work on it yourself, you know? (laughs) Yeah, a hundred percent. It's definitely a journey to acceptance. Like, Mm. and I think a lot of people, that's quite an awkward thing to say is that you're not necessarily, it's not going to be an overnight process. Like it will, it's a journey and, and, and having your own journey is really important as well because it makes up like your story and who you are as a person. Mm. But sometimes it can be really awkward and sometimes it can be really shit. And like, these things happen and it's not always the best but as long as you come out of it and you're like you know like I'm happy with where I am now and I'm happy who I am now that's like the main goal really yeah yeah I agree (laughs) interestingly I like to always talk about how has your disability if it has or hasn't impacted the career choices that you made and I mean this in terms of like going into acting going into modeling how 
How is mm. your disability like either has it has it impacted those career choices that you've made? I think so, yeah, because well, I've always been a performer, so mm. growing up um I was a dancer and well, as soon as I like graduated high school, I started performing at Universal Studios um, just because it was kind of like the avenue that I knew and like loved. I love performing mm-hmm. anyway. Um, I think dance really helped me like put myself out there. And then I think the like pivotal moment for me was when I started seeing people like guests at Universal who had uh, limb differences mm-hmm. and they saw me and they were like, you know, super excited to see me um as like someone who who looks like them in in this kind of like performance you mm-hmm. know you know like actor kind of kind of way and they they like didn't think that that was something that they could do mm-hmm. and i think for me that kind of pushed um pushed the career path to be more in the public eye uh to work the most on representation i think my like main goal in life and i've always said this was to uh kind of like pave a way for the younger kids, you know, who have limb differences because I don't want any of them to feel the way that I did growing up, being alone, feeling isolated. Um, I just always want to be that person that they can look up to um, and see. And although there's a lot of like avenues that you can go down, I feel like right now acting, performing is kind of like, it's, you know, it's a good way to be in the media and and for the most people to see it. which I think is quite funny because a lot of people assume that we're all actors and models. <laughs> when they see like people with like amputees and like limb different people, they always assume that everyone's like acting and modeling, which is, you know, which is great. But I think a lot of people are taking that path. And I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like any sort of representation for me is just fantastic. Yeah. Interesting <laughs> that you said about, and you've you've mentioned it before that, childhood for you was quite an isolating experience and and how Mm. did you find your community kind of growing up or was it more like a later on in life type thing that you found um I definitely found my like community later on in life Mm -hmm. basically when I basically yeah I think when um when I found Lucky Finn but I before that uh I don't know, like being on the dance team as a disabled person, I just still felt isolated. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all of these people around me. And I don't know if you ever find this, but when you're with people, sometimes they like want to get to know you and your story. And then it like stops beyond that. I don't know if I'm just like a socially awkward person. <laughs> <laughs> so so like maybe that's the that's the vibe. But I just find that it's hard to like make deep connections for me because people just want to know about my story, but then mm-hmm. nothing else. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I like can't stop. I, when I was growing up, I couldn't stop the like feeling of feeling like maybe I was just awkward and like mm-hmm. everything was very surface level. Um, but I, d- I did have some like really good friends and then all of my friends uh who rode at our barn my mom's a horse trainer so Mm -hmm. we would always have friends over all the time um you know they were they were really great but no one really knew about disability and no one ever brought it up so it was like not really (laughs) you know never discussed I suppose Mm -hmm. so it's it is interesting isn't it when like you have to go out and find your own community of disabled people and and I think that's 
sometimes I think that's a real challenge for people because you're not it's not given to you you have to go out and find it and and trying to find Mm. the people that have a similar experience to you or have a similar disability to you like those people aren't always on your doorstep and so sometimes you've got to like travel or you know like being online has made life so much easier for disabled people because it means that connections can be built so much quicker but in terms of like friendships with disability and and building that community what did that look like for you um for like disabled friends yeah is that what yeah so I the first person that I had ever met with a disability was Angel Jafria mm-hmm. uh, who was my like we call each other lucky Finn mirror twins because we're missing uh opposite arms but we Basically, when I was going to Lucky Finn Project, I had never really met anyone else who was disabled before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, Molly had told me that uh, this girl, Angel, has like a place to stay for me. Um, we can like share a room or whatever. And when I met her, she was like holding, um, she had foundation on her little arm mm-hmm. with her like sponge on this end. And she opened the door and I feel like that was like the moment where my <laughs> life changed. <laughs> Because I was like, oh my gosh, I do that too. And she was a scare actor at the time. And I was also a scare actor. So we had so much in common and mm-hmm. so much to talk about. And then um, as the weekend like progressed, we found our little like group of young adult people with limb differences. And it was like the most amazing thing of my whole life. We all chatted um, up until like, I don't know, like 3 a.m. Just sat in the lobby talking. We didn't even know what the time was. Yeah. And we've yeah we've just met up years after and like everyone is so welcoming you know if like you're in someone's area everyone's from different states so if you're in someone's area they're like yeah you can stay with me their families like take us in you know and um it's it's just incredible we have this big group chat where we just chat all the time about random stuff and (laughs) things that things that people have said to us online which I'm sure you know is not always fun <laughs> but like to to us it is a bit funny you know you're like guess what this person just said to me uh and yeah I mean I feel like I've found like a different type of family and these friendships and connections are gonna last a lifetime you know even if we haven't seen each other in years now but still like it'll be just like yesterday when we see each other again so yeah it's quite cool <laughs> I would love to move on to the topic of disability motherhood and relationships because yeah. I think disability and motherhood and relationships aren't really topics that get too much of a look in when mm. we think about representation in the media so like I don't remember a time where I saw disability and motherhood be really represented well. It's always been like a problem or there's been an issue and it's always because the mother is disabled. And and yeah. actually that's not the reality of it. So I was wondering if we start right at the beginning between disability and relationships, tell tell me about you and your husband. Oh, okay. So I think my husband and I, we kind of... Um have cheated the system a little bit so to say you know so like we have a lot of similarities our limb differences were acquired in different ways so mm-hmm. we do have some like differences in that uh sort of topic but 
Yeah, we we met through Angel um, mm -hmm. and the Lucky Finn kind of group. And she had told me that there was someone from England who needed a place to stay in Orlando for a few um, days before like his flight to amputee camp in Ohio. And I was like, yeah, because we lived on a farm. So I was like, he can stay here. As long as he scoops some poop, he can stay here for free. <laughs> I like help with the horses, you know, like mm -hmm. as long as he can do that, we have extra room. Um, and I feel like, I don't know. He So he had made a few documentaries here mm -hmm. uh, in the UK and I like watched them to make sure he wasn't like a serial killer or anything. Make sure um, that he was <laughs> A-OK -okay and a real person. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Uh so yeah, I watched it and I was watching it with my neighbor <laughs> and I said uh, to her as we were watching it before I'd ever met him, I was like, I think I'm going to marry this person. You know, I was like, I love him <laughs> even before I'm like, I love him. Um, and yeah, not to, I just put it into the universe and uh, here we are. <laughs> but for, yeah, for us, it was quite easy because I think, you know, we're, we're very compassionate and understanding about each other's situation because we're very obviously similar mm -hmm. uh, in situations. Although there's like a few things that I feel like my parents have said to me that I, that like stick with me because growing up with a limb difference, they were always like, you can do anything, you know, mm -hmm. give 100%, don't give up on stuff. And like, I'm not sure if that's just, a very American way of like doing yeah. things because Americans are very like, I don't know, resilient Go team. In, a, in a way, <laughs> yeah, in like a weird way. Um, but I like have, to, I think James is like a good reminder for me that you don't always have to like push yourself and your body, you can rest mm -hmm. and it's good to rest. Um, and I think, you know, we've really built each up, each other up in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, so we we kind of just knew that we were going to be together and um, I decided to move out here to hang out with him and be obviously in the same room. We got married and then kind of uh, got pregnant right away, yeah. <laughs> uh, as you do. And I moved out here when I was like five or six months pregnant mm -hmm. and then, um, yeah, had had my little one in England and we've just been kind of vibing ever since you know <laughs> that is so wild that you are pregnant so quickly like and also yeah. well done you for moving whilst pregnant because I don't know if I'd be able to do that I feel like I'm staying at home by my parents <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know because it just seemed more like uh seemed better to have a child in the UK versus in the US for number one medical Healthcare cost. reasons <laughs> healthcare reasons yeah for sure and it just yeah it just made sense that we could all be like together mm -hmm. as a family um I was still living with my parents at the time I had moved out for college and um then like moved back to kind of help my family with the farm mm -hmm. um and so yeah it just and James had his own like flat out here so for me as a true American I had never really left the country so I was like you know, F it, let's go. <laughs> let's go move to London. Who cares? Um, which I, I've always had that attitude in life, I think. Mm -hmm. I've always been like a yes person. Um, and sometimes it takes me to amazing places and gives me amazing opportunities. And sometimes it's like challenging. But in this instance, it was really 
yeah worth it yeah and I love that though because that so. just, just shows that like the scary jump was absolutely worth it because like what you got on the other side was yeah you know beautiful little family and like your little setup mm. and and I was wondering being a limb difference mum have you come across like obstacles or were there obstacles when you were pregnant or when your little one was like super little mm. well I think the obstacles were in a way all in my head yeah I don't know, like, like being pregnant and having children, I was always that like kid growing up where I'm like, I'm never having kids. <laughs> kids are horrible. I don't want them. But I think it like rooted in a deep fear of like, what am I going to do when I have a kid? Mm. You know, they're so fragile. Babies are so scary. <laughs> like, am I going to be able to hold them? Um, mm. And when I was growing up, um my family members would have children and then they would not let me like hold the baby unless they were holding it you know like my twin sister would be able to hold them and I feel like you can't blame them because as a parent anyone who holds your child is scary and Mm -hmm. like with you know I I don't know I, I don't blame like my family members at all because yeah, you, now that I'm a parent, I know that it's terrifying to give your children <laughs> yeah. to anyone anyway. So like to give some give a baby to someone with one arm, I can imagine is probably a bit like spooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I think I think for me, that really like gave me a fear of children because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can even do that. Yeah. You know, so. Um, but I, as with anything having a limb difference I don't know if you find this as well you just have to throw yourself into it Mm -hmm. and usually 90% of the time it will work out yeah like 90% (laughs) that is a 10% leeway where it might not yeah yeah exactly (laughs) but like we're so good at adapting and, and figuring stuff out that I think there was a lot of things that I was originally terrified of but once you have a baby you know you're like I'm not going to not hold her, you know, like I have to figure it out. I have to figure out what's best with me. Like breastfeeding was, was so easy on the left side, but the right side was such a challenge, but I ended up like making my legs in a certain way and using a pillow and, um, you know, you just kind of figure out what works and what doesn't. And then you quickly kind of become like an expert in your own body you know, and like, I think with James as well, because he's missing from his shoulder. Um, every, a lot of people when we would be out or like he would be out with her by himself, they would be like scared for our child. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm her dad. I am with her all hours of the day. Why are you as a stranger coming up to me and being afraid for my kid when I know my body and I know how to put her coat on in you know, in ways that work for me mm-hmm. and not you know, it might not necessarily look traditional to you because he uses his mouth a lot to like do zits and stuff. Um, but it doesn't make it wrong, you know. Yeah, and that is a really, really important point. Just because it looks different doesn't mean that it's wrong. And I almost mm. want that tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> but like he, we used to go to um parent club on Fridays at this like little place in our village. And He took her there once by himself and it was like right before the pandemic um, where, you know, we had all knew that the the like virus had come from um, kind of like Asia. And (laughs) this lady's like, yeah, I just came from from this place. 
and you know she had a cough and stuff so everyone's already like a bit like on edge, on edge with people and then James is like trying to put her coat on or something or her hat and she just came up and took uh, our child and the coat from him and, and just started doing it while she had this cough and everything and it, he was like hold on <laughs> you know and this this is kind of the instance where he's like I know how to do this I know how it works for me don't come up and snatch someone's child, you know, just because you think that they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's hard because I think people come and do these kind of things with good intentions, but it's never really good, is it? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. gosh, it's frustrating. Have you ever had an instance like that? Yeah, I like one that really sticks out in my memory. I was shopping with my best friend and the guy that I was seeing at the time. And it was really cold and I was trying to do my zip up. And just for mm. like whatever reason, like two and two is not making four. And he was clearly like looking at me and getting frustrated by it. And he just did my zip up for me. <laughs> and I yeah. <laughs> I walked out. I was like, don't come near me ever again. I was like, that's it, we're done. Mm. Like that was so inappropriate on so many levels. Like you think you were helping, but you you just made an absolute ass of yourself and also have made me feel super inadequate in the process so I think it's time yeah I think it's time me and you left (laughs) separation (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I think like that but that goes back to that thing just because it looks different doesn't mean that it's wrong or just because it takes takes someone like a little bit more time doesn't mean that it's wrong or they're not doing it like like you say we become experts in our own bodies very very quickly and just mm. because it doesn't look the same as like average Joe Bloggs who has two hands and two feet doesn't doesn't mean that it's not right. It's working for us. So leave us be when we're doing if we want help, we'll ask for it, essentially. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And there was one experience for me, like with Alara, when she was really tiny, we were at Costco and she had done like the most massive punami of all time you know like it always (laughs) it always happens in the most inconvenient uh of places but I took her to the Costco bathroom to like change her and babies are like wiggly she had just learned how to roll over um and I have this like crazy I had this crazy system for for doing any sort of yeah like baby changes Mm -hmm. you know I have it down in my head every step everything I need to do and this lady just came up and like put herself in front of my body to like try and help and she was like here let me help you and I I said no because I was like no please move away from me you know I'm like get away from me yeah (laughs) and 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 in that time Alara had like flipped over on the table she rolled over without me wiping her poo was everywhere the dirty nappy face down on the floor and now my child is crying like scream crying because now she has poo everywhere uh, and the lady just looked at me in horror and like left. And I was like, that would have been the time for you to come help, <laughs> you know, but she, and you she created like, this mess. You clean this yeah, up. <laughs> exactly. And like, if that hadn't had happened, everything would have been totally fine. Um, and I would have just done it, done it, everything fine. But yeah, it was just the most frustrating thing where like, you don't need to get in front of me mm. because you think that I can't do it. So ugh, yeah. <laughs> very frustrating (laughs) it is it's super frustrating when that happens and I think I think you're right I think sometimes it does come from a good place people want to help but other times Mm. I'm like "Mm, your help isn't necessarily warranted thank you but no thank you (laughs) definitely and I bet you I could probably do it 
more efficiently than you know oh, you yeah. <laughs> the person like trying to help so like just just back it up <laughs> yeah like your help actually makes this a lot more complicated so please just leave <laughs> exactly literally <laughs> so with things that you do now in terms of like representation how did you get into that and in, especially in the UK mm. yeah that's a good question I well so I had heard about um Zebedee talent like when I was in the states and I actually tried to apply for them when I lived over there um and they um yeah they were like oh we just do the UK so sorry and you know I was like no worries <laughs> I'll get out there don't worry about that um and so when I moved over here I kind of signed up for uh the agency straight away mm-hmm. and um kind of got into work almost immediately. Um, I was pregnant, so I did a few like pregnancy shoots and um, yeah, just, I think, I don't know. I, it's, a, it's a weird industry because you, you kind of just do whatever they throw at you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't really have a specific category of what of what you do. Um, so I started doing a lot of like e-commerce, um Mm -hmm. a lot of adverts I think I was like an advert queen for a while because it was like two years straight of adverts (laughs) so I was like all right I gotta try and do something else and then um just this past year in 2023 I decided that I kind of wanted to get into like stunt and more acting work Mm um I don't know I still don't know if I want to do stunts I have fun training stunts I think it's a really fun thing to do and I think there is like a big gap um where there's no disabled people in stunts Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure why that is I think maybe people think it's like a liability I don't know you know like I I have no idea um but it would be cool to kind of try it out but I think at the moment my main kind of goal is to get acting on tv and film Mm -hmm. um I worked on Barbie last year, uh, 2022, and I think that kind of like sparked my excitement for for film because that's the first thing I've done like at a big studio. Mm-hmm. And although I was not like an actor necessarily, but more of a dancer um, for the job, I think, yeah, just anywhere where I can be involved um and represent uh representing I think is exciting for me <laughs> but you were limb difference Barbie so, which is massive because I've seen the film I know where you were like <laughs> and I think that that's so important what you said is that you know the representation needs to be there and like I know so many people who saw you in that film and were like oh my god there's a limb difference Barbie like I can do it too and I was like yeah you can and then I was yeah. like I know her <laughs> oh exactly well it is cool it's like I think at this moment in time it's a very weird space for people with disabilities because like you always want to be included Mm -hmm. but you're also kind of the only one that is included (laughs) you know what I mean an interesting topic and I don't know if you feel this way as well but I feel like people with upper limb differences are very well represented uh versus any other disability and I think I mean this is my like theory and I've talked with a few people like it's like a very easy thing I suppose to see and to for people to kind of regulate their own emotions with Mm -hmm. versus other people with disabilities um, because there's a huge range of it but I think we all 
need to be seen. We all need to be included. So as great as it is for us to have like a space Mm -hmm. in the media, I think there needs to be more space for other disabilities. If that makes sense. I feel like I just rambled on. No, I think that that makes perfect sense because I agree that we have a very, very limited view of disability and media representation. Mm. It's very, very often... And I, I feel like saying this, I, I, I'm very aware of my privilege when I say this, is that like, I am yeah. blonde, I am white, I have blue eyes, I'm like five foot and a fluff. So when it comes to like typical beauty standards, I kind of fit the mold. The only thing mm. that doesn't mean I fit the mold is my disability. So I become more palatable because I otherwise I would fit like these regular quote unquote beauty standards. Yeah. And that's also really difficult because I want, I'm like you, like I want to see more people like me, but then my disability isn't for, like for everyone. Like not every single disabled person has a limb difference. So what about the person who has spina bifida? What about the person who mm. is a leg amputee? What about the person who has a stoma? Like because disability is so different and it's so varied and it's so individual representation is so, it is difficult it's not easy and I'm not saying that it is easy but it needs to be better and this idea that disability is either like amputation or wheelchair which I think is quite a common theme particularly in media because they're both yeah. quite simple simple to represent not simple to understand and depict that's what I mean by saying simple there because I feel like I need to justify why I use that word they're very very mm. easy disabilities to be like oh I know that you're disabled and therefore that's what you're doing in that role rather than someone who might have yeah an invisible disability or a disability that's not necessarily visible to the naked eye that would be more challenging for people to try and accept and and it, it's like it's like a societal problem as well it's not just a media representation problem it's it's a society thing too so it is a mm. really really difficult area representation but it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be consistently spoken about and and thought about as well yeah yeah I agree interestingly I was wondering is there a piece of advice that you would give to the younger version of you um I would say just to keep going and don't be afraid to say no to certain things that aren't going to serve you um for the better you know I think I've taken like a lot of jobs that aren't necessarily a good representation of who I am. And it's just kind of like, (laughs) I think I posted about this the other day where it's like, people always send me things. Can you do this? We're looking for amputee to be a veteran, amputee to be a homeless person on the street, amputee to be like, you know, blown up in the war. And it's like, there's better when I was younger I would have said yes to every single one of those things Mm -hmm. and now that I'm older I'm like you don't need to say yes to everything (laughs) you know like a genuine a genuine representation of yourself is what you should always stick with Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so for sure yeah (laughs) I really like that though and I I can understand why particularly the ones that you just mentioned you'd say no to because I think there's a really big difference between like being born limb different and then acquiring yeah your limb difference like the two are very very different but a lot of people like to get the two confused and like there is such 
such a big difference between the two so I can completely understand like why those pieces were like the ones that you're like no I I don't it's not (laughs) not for me thank you but no yeah and to be fair there is like there is like a space for it I would say that there's absolutely nothing wrong if you're an amputee and you want to be the person playing and representing in those roles I feel like there's absolutely Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that but I just don't think that it is yeah, the place for me to be as a person with a congenital limb difference. And I also find it hard when people send through characters who have like traumatic amputations versus someone who was born that way. I believe someone, I mean, acting is acting and that's kind of, that's kind of like, I think a topic that people like to discuss, but I don't feel super right because I haven't lived through that experience I just feel like there's other people who can kind of um take it on better than I could if that makes sense yeah absolutely I mean I know that acting is acting but also quite quite a lot of the time it is also influenced by lived experience and if you don't have Mm. that lived experience then it can just it can kind of fall flat because you don't know what that experience is like and you know only someone who has been through something traumatic like that you know losing a limb is going to be able to portray that in a way that's better or like the other option is to talk to someone who has but then at the same time like by asking them that question are you then asking them a really like triggering question yeah and is that for you to ask as well so it's a really really difficult area to try and navigate and I don't I don't envy that at all yeah definitely I also feel like people who have that experience they can just bring something to the performance that I think I definitely could not so you know I just think it's important that they kind of have their (laughs) their moment to um yeah to to bring it (laughs) whatever they have yeah have you as time has gone on and like you've grown and developed as a person have you noticed a particular positive trait about yourself that when you look back you're actually very proud of yeah I would say resilience (laughs) I think um I think working in this industry uh, even before that like rejection I am very okay with mm-hmm. I feel like rejection is is something that teaches you something in the end but and maybe it's a good thing maybe it just wasn't for me you know mm-hmm. and being kind of rejected so much as a kid I tried to sign up to an American sign language class and when I was like I don't know like 10 they were like, sorry, we just don't think you would pass the class. So, yeah, I took Spanish instead, which is fine. But <laughs> it was like, you know, that that's, that's a tough thing. So wild. Yeah, it's a tough thing to hear when you're like 10 years old, where you're just like, oh, OK. Uh, and like these adults are like making this decision for you. Um, yeah, very weird. But in the end, you know, I feel like. I I am resilient and there's a lot of no's that I get, especially from my like line of work. And, you know, you just have to be like, all right, just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of my best traits, even with like online hate comments and stuff. Um, I just don't that a lot of the things that have been said to me online would certainly like. I don't want to say, you know, like it would send someone into like a deep depression Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of this I have had like weird like death threats and like I don't know if you saw there was one viral video 
um, that I had on TikTok and it involved like James and I and I put a sticker on his arm like up here Mm -hmm. and obviously when we have like something on the back of our arms as amputees we just can't get it off yeah you can't reach it and it was like a funny joke and then people were telling me that I should go you know I should go die and like all these horrible things they were like how dare you disrespect our um, veterans? <laughs> and I was like, he's not a veteran and he's English. <laughs> you know, I was like, come on. Um, and like, this was a video that, that we had both thought about and made together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just feel like I like look at those comments and laugh. And I feel like other people wouldn't be as like strong minded. Yeah. So I think, I think growing up with a limb difference has made me very like, yeah strong-minded yeah I can completely understand that because I I often feel the same and I think actually what you said about rejection (laughs) at a younger age is actually so true because there are so many times where I think adults have tried to protect me or like protect other people from me thinking that I was some kind of health and safety hazard which is just (laughs) like ridiculous but I think you're right. I think, you know, being okay with rejection, particularly in your line of work where it's not like, you know, there's so many people vying for the same thing all at once. is such a valuable trait to have because a lot of people aren't necessarily good with rejection. I mean, rejection is a horrible experience, but if you can be okay with it, then that's it's like something different. And I think that that's actually a really wonderful trait to have as a person in general because I think you know life doesn't always go the way that you necessarily think it's going to so being okay with that I think is really important yeah definitely but yeah what about you do you think you have any like specific traits um I'd say I'm super resilient as well um and I think like resilience and determination I think kind of come hand in hand with disability particularly like if you're Mm. if you've been a disabled child because you do have so many doors that shut in your face when you're so young and like the only option is to break those doors down because quite often like the only person that you have to rely on is yourself so actually why would you not push yourself forward and do those things because when you're younger like when adults tell you you can't do something like your your first immediate response is almost like fuck you (laughs) like I can yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) and so I definitely I I always definitely say that that determination and resilience are probably like my two but then I think Mm. like on the flip side resilience is a double-edged sword because I think I've been so used to pushing forward that maybe the idea of rest for me is not always that easy and sometimes I can see yeah. rest as weakness, which it definitely isn't. But it's just because I've always pushed forward and I've never been like, okay, like maybe I should just rest and or maybe I should just take some time off. Like those, that's, yeah, yeah. I struggle with that. Same. <laughs> I <laughs> certainly do as well. I feel like if I'm like sitting still for too long, I'm like, I'm going to go run a lap, you know, <laughs> like I'm going to do something. I'm going to get headshots. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make content, you know, like there's never a time where you can just, kind of like relax but I think it is important to do yeah and I'm still learning that (laughs) yeah it's definitely something you have to learn I think or like I have a friend who is famous for texting me being like did you rest this week and I'm like "Mm, (laughs) how are we defining rest (laughs) that's a very good friend keep keep that one around (laughs) yeah he's he's a legend he he will stay in my life for sure Okay, so you're a limb difference girl, I'm a limb difference girl, and this will be really interesting. What are the weird questions that you've had surrounding your disability? 
Oh, I feel well, like ours are going to be very, very similar. Um, it's not necessarily a question, but people always tell me I'd be a great lesbian. Um, which is a bit, a bit strange and like shocking uh, question, but that is like weirdly my like, number one, my number one thing um, that I get in my inbox on TikTok and Instagram. I have never had that. That is hilarious. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Maybe that was like (laughs) too personal. (coughs) But but yeah, people are always saying that. Um, I think a question. How about you start? What questions do you? (laughs) Because I just to be fair though, no, 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 I I get similar, but to do with like men and like and what and where they want where they'd want it, and I'm like. It's yeah, yeah. It's not gonna go up there. It's not gonna happen. No, no, definitely not. I think it, they just, yeah. It, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I think people are very like, I guess devotees, right? I'm yeah. Sure. You you know you know them. I know them. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel about that? Like, do you get a lot of messages and stuff? I think it's such. So I was having this conversation with another friend of mine really, really long time ago. And they were saying, they were like, well, isn't it amazing that they think that disabled people are attractive? And I was like, I don't think you quite understand that it's not about the attraction. I was like, it's a power Mm. play. And I was like, but it's a really, really bad power play because the idea is that you are below them and that they can take control of you because you're disabled not because you're pretty not because you're in this like cute romantic relationship where like maybe that's your thing this is very much a thing or like a fetish and a kink that is based on the fact that they are more powerful than you and they can overpower you because you're disabled it's nothing to do with like your looks what you're into it's purely based on the fact that because you're disabled you're seen as weaker and therefore they can overpower you and that disability gives them like a bit more power and they're more able-bodied and it's a kink for them and they get turned on by that. I was like, that yeah. is a freaking problem. <laughs> it's a problem and it's scary. I don't it's know. So like, scary. I have definitely had my like fair share of them come into my inbox online and stuff. Have you ever ran into one in real life? Because I feel like I have, but they never... They don't like come up to you, but they're always staring. They're very... Like it's like It's very... Yeah, it's very exciting for them. And like, I've had this instance at like a grocery store where one like followed me around at a distance, never said anything, never got close. But you just could like tell in like the pit of your stomach. You're like, oh, I know. I know what they're thinking. I know. And it's just really like, it's terrifying. I mean, (coughs) a a woman anyways is scary. And then to have this like added thing just kind of brings it up Mm. a level. (laughs) It's so interesting. So I was on dating apps and they were an absolute cesspit for it. Absolute really? cesspit. So I used to get I used to get really bizarre messages from from guys telling me like what they'd think and like to the point where I'm like, you have never met me in person and you would never have the guts to say this to me in person. So don't think just because there's two screens in the way that this is okay. And it would always yeah. be like 
very overly sexual explicit about my arm and and just like the class like the typical messages that you get in your Instagram inbox except this was over a dating app and I was like I just I don't <laughs> yeah. understand like I can see who you are and I can also like I'm pretty good at figuring out who you work for like I will just send this to your boss on LinkedIn like that really doesn't worry me <laughs> like <laughs> I love that <laughs> But it's a, oh, it's yeah. a real, it's a minefield. It really is because I think unless, unless you've experienced it, you don't really know the feeling, of like, it's almost like dread and ick and and sadness all rolled into one, and it's it's around something that you just can't change, and that's really difficult. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like I have been like weirdly exposed to devotees since I was a kid because like mm-hmm. I think. I'm 2009 I think was when Facebook first started and that was like the first time I had a Facebook and all of these like very strange you know messages from older men and it was just like re- weirdly disgusting I can almost I can almost like remember the feeling in my body of like opening these messages as a kid mm-hmm. and like everything goes numb you get really hot and you're like oh my gosh you know like why why would he say that? That's a very strange thing for someone <laughs> to say. And like, it just like s- sticks, sticks mm-hmm. around, sticks with you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just stressful. Yeah. Really stressful experience that I really don't recommend for like anybody to try and put themselves through because it's horrendous. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like I, I'm not like a mom influencer kind of in any way. I try and keep my child like off the internet because it's already weird for children um Mm -hmm. and just to like have kids with limb differences online for me is a bit like you know each to their own but I just know the messages that they're going to receive because I have been in that situation and I have gotten those messages and I really hope like sincerely hope that those kids are like never exposed to any of that (laughs) at a young age yeah and like I completely 110% agree with you on that because I think there are a lot of really weird people out there and and particularly mm. particularly for female disabled women or those who are fat yeah. presenting like it's it's not necessarily the easiest of spaces to navigate particularly if you have a devotee on on your like it's sliding into your dms it can be <laughs> really freaking scary yeah but you know what my husband gets them too as well interesting <laughs> so, very very interesting sometimes more than me not that I'm ever jealous or anything but you know (laughs) I'm like oh because I I actually thought um that it's mostly like female female presenting people Mm -hmm. um but he just gets so many as well um from men mostly so I don't know wow yeah interesting stuff to consider (laughs) but that is really interesting actually because I've spoken to a lot of people doing this podcast you know very fortunate that I get to do this but what has generally very very generally come up is that a lot of women get a lot more sexual questions than men do because they don't they don't really Mm. you know people don't really ask men about their if they can or they can't or like send them a sexy little message that's actually you know like a, a bit messed up so that is yeah, yeah. that is really interesting that he also gets messages like that. Yeah, I do think um, it is it is interesting. I I don't know because with women in disability, I think uh, you know men like kind of see it 
women, I feel like I hope this is like the right way to say it, but I feel like men always kind of find this themselves above women in some sort of way, mm-hmm. whether they kind of like realize it or not. Um, and I think this disability is kind of like attractive to them in that way. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. And, and um, where was I going with this? Oh, <laughs> I think for men, they might not get that as much because, you know, they're, they're not being seen in the same way. I think mm-hmm. it has something to do with some sort of like masculinity. Um, when they have a disability, like they see it a bit differently, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if I'm like getting that across, but, um, but yeah, my, my partner is also uh, bisexual. So I think he gets a lot of like um, gay men as well, like in his DMs. And I don't know if, if that has anything to do with it, but it could be. <laughs> do you know what? I think I need to get James on the podcast because I really want to delve into this with him. Yeah. Yeah, you should. We're going we're gonna to have a little chat because I'm now so, I'm so intrigued by this whole situation. It's completely done like a 180 in my brain. <laughs> I'm like, I need to know everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, J- James is great. He would love to, uh, he would love to hop on the topic so yeah for sure we're gonna we're gonna get that sorted I only have one final question for you and I have genuinely loved this chat I think it's been so good (laughs) but my final question for you is Ashley are you disabled and proud I am disabled and proud very much so (laughs) (laughs) oh like I said I have loved this chat there's been so many good nuggets in this that I think are going to be so valuable for so many people so thank you so much for giving up the time of your day to come and chat with me I've loved it (laughs) thank you so much for having me it's been amazing to chat with you and get to know you a bit more so (laughs) yeah it's been great oh I've loved it thank you so much (laughs) thank you i appreciate it (laughs) thanks for listening to this episode of disabled and proud if you've enjoyed the show then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts it really helps us to reach more and more people each week plus if you've got a particular highlight then i'd absolutely love to hear it tag me on your insta stories at disabled and proud podcast